God, I am thankful. I am thankful that we, that we have a church that no matter what society is going, what's going on in society, no matter what's going on in, in COVID-19, no matter what's going on in any part of the world, you are still God. You are still on the throne. You are still powerful. You're still worthy to be praised. And so Jesus, oh, come on, someone, if you're watching this right now, why don't you pray with me? Don't listen to me pray. Why don't you pray also? Lift your voice. Lord Jesus, I pray tonight that your word would go forth, that you would, Lord, help it to go forward on, on Spotify and YouTube and Facebook and, and all across the world, that you would touch someone and speak to someone, every man, woman, and child, Lord God, that, that you would speak in a mighty way tonight on this session, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, how many of you, get ready to interact now and watch it online, how many of you put your shoes on when you're just going to be sitting around your house? Type it on out there. Say, say yes or say, I put my shoes on to sit around my house. Because when you type yes, later on, people don't know what yes means. So, so just type it out. Say, I put my shoes on to just sit around my house. I'll let you type that in case you're a slow typer. I put my shoes on to sit around my house. Now talk to text. You can just use that. But you never know what you're going to get with that. Sometimes that messes up. Or are you the type that just puts them on when you're going out somewhere just to get something done? Which one are you? Go ahead and let the world know about your approach to your shoes. I always like to have something on my feet, not when I sleep. Sleep in the bed, that's something totally different. But I like to have something on my feet. But when I am not doing something, when I'm not trying to get something done, and I'm just coming home, I like to wear slippers. I, I, I finally bought myself a, a nice pair instead of those like $7 Walmart slippers. Like I bought myself nicer slippers because I want to say, you know what, how long are they going to last? I want them to be comfortable. Maybe I'm a little bit like Mr. Rogers in that way. You know, when I come home, even if I'm a home, look at that nice picture, even if I'm a home for just an hour and I have to go off to a meeting or something, there's something relaxing when I come through the door and I take off my shoes and put on a pair of slippers. I don't care if it's summer. I don't care if it's winter. I don't care what the temperature is. I like me a good pair of slippers. Now, you're watching going, why do I care? This all ties in. But if I'm putting on shoes, it's because I'm heading out to do yard work. It's because I'm working on a house project. I'm going to work out at the gym or I'm heading out into the community for some purpose. Why? Well, usually... Taking your shoes off insinuates a pause in motion. I don't know anybody out there. I've never met anybody. I'm sure someone out there probably does this. But does anybody sleep in a pair of shoes? Does anybody go into their bed, open up the covers, and get in bed with your shoes on your feet? If you do, that's disgusting because you're putting all kinds of germs in your bed. But if you put your shoes, and usually when we take our shoes off, it insinuates a, a pause in motion, a time of stopping. Even in the Bible times, the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible, God is about to deliver his people from Egyptian slavery. And on the night of the Passover, he tells them, eat with your shoes on. 
It was insinuated a readiness to move, a preparation to be on the go. And the opposite of that is when we take our shoes off, a time of rest, a time of relaxation, a time where motion or activity cease. And so this evening, I just want to speak for a little bit on this topic, when the ground becomes holy, when the ground becomes holy. Sometimes God has to slow us down in order for us to hear him, where he can get our attention. You know, the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, the prophetic book, was written by the apostle John after he was exiled to the island of Patmos, and God begins to give John dreams and visions, and that probably doesn't happen if John is still doing ministry in the city where he was working beforehand. He probably isn't in tune. He's not able to write down and receive the vision that God gives him if he's out still working. Even if it's ministry, God had to get him all alone by himself on an island so that John would tune in and, and that God could speak to him. Well, you look at the first time that God calls Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. It says, one day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. The priest of Midian, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him. Notice it starts by saying an angel of God, but, but it says God. That was God. God was in that. It says God called to him from the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here am I. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. Scripture tells us that Moses was he was tending the flock. In other words, what was he doing, folks? He was working. He was being productive. He was accomplishing something. He was getting things done. He was in motion. He's working. The flock is there. He's on the mountainside. But God gets Moses' attention. And one of the first things that God says to Moses is this. Moses, take your shoes off. What? It's a burning bush. I, you know, expect God to boom forward and go, here's the plan. I am God. Here's the power. Here's what you can do. No. He says, Moses, you're, you're busy. You're productive. You're on here on the mountainside. You're shepherding for your father-in-law. But right now, the first thing I want to tell you is, Moses, take your shoes off. In other words, it was time to stop being productive in other areas. I wonder how many of you right now, I'm on in the background. I wonder how many of you are washing dishes, finishing dinner. You have your phone in your hand and you're accomplishing something else. You're responding to emails. You're doing things even in the midst of this message. Because we're stuck in productive mode. We're stuck in getting things done. And, and God says, Moses, take your shoes off. It was time to slow down, to pay attention to the fact that Moses, you're now in the presence of God Almighty. Notice, Moses was not inside a church building. He was not gathered with other believers on the mountainside. He was not finishing up a worship service. He was just by himself and some sheep. 
That's it. That's just sheep. He's just hanging out by himself with sheep. And he was in a place where no doubt he'd been in this place before. Many times. It wasn't, I, I, I doubt that this was the first time that he and the sheep stumbled upon Mount Sinai. He'd probably been there, there's probably a regular path that he took. But this time, God gets his attention and he tells Moses, slow down, take your shoes off, stay a while. So what do you say? Men, women, and children watching this right now, this is ready to get a little bit strange for some of you. What do you say? It's Wednesday night. You're not in a church building. And you have been in the middle of getting things done in your house. You're not with a group of believers. Maybe you weren't even, like I said, maybe you weren't even really paying attention up until right now. But God is trying to get your attention this evening. So what do you say that we do an object lesson just to kind of keep things real and to remind us that God is trying to get our attention for the next little while here? And why don't you... Stop what you're doing, free up your hands, and take your shoes off. I know you're, you're looking, is he serious? I am serious, and I'm going to do the same thing. Why don't you, imagine what Moses, I wonder if Moses feels like you're feeling right now. Is he, is he, is he serious right now? Does he really want me to do this? Moses? Wow, I got to see this bush. Why is it burning and not consumed? Moses, before I introduce myself, talk to you, go in the depth, talk about a mission, do anything. Take your shoes off. Take your shoes off. I'm glad I don't have any holes in my socks tonight. Take your shoes off. Come on, what are you doing? If you're watching this, why haven't you taken your shoes off? Maybe you got, some of you have, maybe you already have your shoes off. It's, it's evening time. If you have slippers, shoes, take them off. Man, woman, child, don't matter. Take your shoes off. God's saying, I want your attention. Just slow down for a minute. Productive, busy, set it aside. I might feel crazy. Why? He might say, well, why am I taking my shoes off? He was on holy ground in front of a burning bush. It's not like I'm anywhere special. I'm in my kitchen. I'm, 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 I'm just here. I, I can't help but wonder if Moses felt that way. But the Bible says the place Moses was standing is holy ground. You might not think where you're standing is holy ground. I mean, it's just my kitchen. It's just my bedroom. It's just my living room. I'm just in my bathroom. That's gross. Are you listening? Ugh. But the place you are is holy ground right now. It's not because that place is something special. It's not because you paid extra for that area rug or that tile. But because whenever God shows up somewhere, it makes a location a holy place. So that can be your car, that can be your, your living room, that can be your bedroom, that can be out in the yard, on your patio, wherever that is. But God's saying, take your shoes off, stay a while, just stop what you're doing, because the place that you are now standing, notice, he says, the place you're now standing is holy ground. Maybe it wasn't holy a minute ago, but when God shows up in a place, that place becomes holy.
And here's what I'll tell you. Earlier this week, just I believe it was on Monday, I was in prayer about this very service. And God instantly spoke to me and said, tell the people that I want to show up in their homes this week. And I want to speak to them. And so there's no doubt that when God speaks that, that God is present in your home wherever you are right now. He is present. And so since he is present, that makes that place holy ground. Think about that. If God is present in, uh, in, in your house or wherever you are right now, that makes that location holy ground. You see, God always was on that mountain. It's not like that day was the first day he showed up. And now he needed a tour from Moses. Oh, Moses, I've never been here. Can you show me around? No way. God is everywhere present. But today, God shows up to Moses and he says, today I have a plan. I have a purpose for this visitation. And this ground is holy. I'm here to tell you that God showed up in your home with a plan and a purpose. If you will just take off your shoes. Or in other words, stop doing what you're doing. Become aware of your spiritual surroundings right now. God is getting ready to speak to you. But what if Moses says, nah, he ain't serious. I'm out. Man, I got my shoes on. I got sheep to tend to. I got things to do. So whatever you got to say, say it quickly because I got a whole list of things to get done. That's humanity today. God, if you want to speak, I want to hear it, but I got sheep and things to do, and I got to get back to Jethro. And so if you want to tell me something, just tell me, because I got to get going. And while you're talking, I'm going to go ahead and stay on my phone and get a thing, some things accomplished, too. But God says, no, no, no. Moses, take your shoes off, meaning stop moving. You don't want to walk around a mountainside with no shoes. That'll hurt. Take your shoes off, Moses, and have a seat because I'm fixing to talk to you and it's just time to stop being productive for a little while. Guess what? Some 40 years later, Moses is gone and, and, and Joshua, God speaks to Joshua, the, the leader that takes over for Moses. And look what God says to Joshua in Joshua 5.13. When Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing, another man, huh? Another man standing in front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua goes up and says, are you friend or foe? Verse 14, neither one, he replied, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. Notice, when, that, when people realize they're in the presence of God, there is a reverence where they fall on their feet and where they fall on their face. Don't let the 21st century get such that I can say, God is in your house. He's with you right now. And you just keep listening. And there's not even an understanding of the reverence that you are now on holy ground in the presence of God Almighty. Joshua falls to the ground. And he says, I'm at your command. What do you want your servant to do? And the commander of the Lord's army said, take off your sandals. For the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. Well, here we go again. I wonder if Joshua was like, what? 
Are you for real? Why am I going to take my, my shoes off, my sandals off? God tells him to take his sandals off. Again, it's time for Joshua to slow down, to stop being productive. Why? Because when you read this and you pick up in this story, Joshua was in motion. He was en route to his promise. He wasn't doing anything bad bad or sinful. God doesn't show up and say, Joshua, slow down. You're on the wrong path. Sometimes we can be on the right path, but we're going too fast, and God says, you just need to slow down and have a conversation with me for a minute. He wasn't doing anything bad or sinful. He was in pursuit of his promise, but sometimes, even when the journey is admirable, God tells you to stop everything, sit down for a minute, and be aware of his presence. We see that with Mary and Martha in the New Testament, too, when Martha's angry that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. See, sometimes Jesus will stop right in the middle of your plans, right in the middle of your journey, and he'll say, stop. He did that with Saul, who later has his name changed to Paul. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul, uttering threats with every breath, was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. You can be on the middle of your journey, and suddenly God can appear. We saw it with Moses, we see it with Joshua, and now with Saul. He's just on his journey, and suddenly the ground becomes holy. What does Saul do? He does just like Joshua did. He falls to the ground. He hears a voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus. By the way, Jesus is God. That's why God here, he identifies himself with the name of Jesus, the one who you're persecuting. And so just like Moses and Joshua, Paul immediately falls to the ground because he realizes something. The place that I'm now on is holy. And, and it was just, just a few minutes ago, it was just a road. It was just a street. It was just, for, for Moses, just a few minutes before, it was just a mountain. It was just a bunch of sheep going on a walk next on a mountainside. That's it. For you, it's just a bedroom. It's just a living room. It's just a patio. It's just your car. But when God shows up, all of a sudden, it becomes holy. All of a sudden, the place where you are now is a holy place where God has desired to commune with you. And so what does he do? The place he's standing is holy ground. We need to be aware of his presence. We need to be able to stop what we're doing. When God shows up, we, we say, oh, I might only be here, but I've taken my shoes off tonight. And, and I'm willing to just set aside some time because I want to hear from God. But, but notice, he doesn't just show up and say, okay, come on, what's the message? Paul doesn't just say, yeah, yeah, what's up? Moses, Joshua doesn't say, well, what are you going to do? Come on, cut to the chase. I got things to, I, I, I'm busy. I'm, I'm watching sheep. I'm on my way to Damascus. No, it was a falling to the ground, a reverence, a beginning to work. Worship God to know, hey, I'm standing in something. I'm standing in front of, of in a divine presence. Even if I fully don't understand who I'm standing in front of. Saul's like, what's your name? Who are you? What's going on here? He still falls with a holy reverence to the ground. And he begins to worship. And so, you know, before, we, before God can speak, I think worship has to go forward. And right now, 
no matter where you are, if you're really on holy ground, no matter where that is, if God is showing up and he's in your presence right now, and that truly is holy ground, then I think we just need to pause right now, and we need to begin to worship him. Well, that seems strange. My kids are here. My wife here. My husband's here. My, I, I, yeah, well, if, if, if our kids only hear us worship when a song is on the screen on a Sunday morning, we are teaching them some, something so wrong. There needs to be worship right now in the middle of your living room, sitting there as a family. Come on, why don't you just begin to raise your voice? Jesus, Lord, we worship you, God. If you really are where you say you are and you're in our presence and we're in your presence, God, then we know that this is a holy place, Jesus. And we exalt you and we thank you, Lord. Oh, come on, don't listen to me. Just worship you. Begin to raise your voice. Encourage your children to raise their voice. Just begin to cry out and talk to God. Jesus, we love you, God. You are worthy, Jesus. And I want to stop everything. Set the shoes aside. Stop being productive. And I want to just enjoy your presence for a few minutes tonight. God, you are worthy. You are exalted. Lord, I don't want to take for granted that if this is true and you're really in my presence and I'm in yours, I don't want to take that for granted. I want to just fall before you, Lord God. And I want to begin to worship you. I want to begin to praise you. I want to begin to exalt you and lift you up in my life. You're bigger than my circumstance. You're bigger than my situation. You're bigger than my problems, God. I exalt you, Lord. I lift you up, Jesus. Thank you for a divine visitation here today. If God is truly in your home and you can muster enough faith to believe that he wants to speak to you tonight and you've taken your shoes off on holy ground, it's time that we do that. It's time that we offer that worship and praise. And so that's what they did. They stopped. They fell on their face. They knew that this was special. I want you to notice something about all of these accounts that we're looking at tonight. God absolutely loves each of these people, Moses and Joshua and Paul, Saul who becomes Paul. He definitely wants a relationship with them, no doubt. But God does not just show up to just be friends. He didn't show up just to say, hey. Look at the rest of the story in Paul's conversion, Acts 9, 6, it says, now get up. Go into the city and you're going to be told what you must do. God shows up to Paul, lets him know there's something to be done. Not only for Paul's, his own salvation, but also for the mission that was in front of him. Acts 9.15, but the Lord says as Saul goes, go for Saul. He's speaking to Ananias here and he says, go for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as the people of Israel. That's quite the mission. you got to take the message to Israel, to the Gentiles, to the non-Jewish people, and even to kings. God showed up in the path of Saul that day, but not just to get a hold of Saul, but to also empower him for the mission ahead. And isn't it interesting that we see the same exact theme when we look back at the Old Testament accounts of Moses and Joshua. God speaks to that man. Look what he says to Moses in Exodus 3, 9, and 10. He says, look. Moses, take your sandals off. You're on holy ground. Moses does it. But then he says, look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go. 
For I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of, uh, out of Egypt. Moses, you know, this experience is absolutely amazing. You're in my presence. It's holy ground. There's a bush being burned, but it's not being consumed. But I came into your path today, not just to show you a magic show with a burning bush, not just to say hello, not just to introduce myself to you, but I came here because I have a purpose for your life. And look what happens after Joshua removes his sandals and he's in the presence of the Lord and he's down in his face worshiping. That fourth chapter, it ends for Joshua 4 in, in Joshua, I'm, I'm sorry, Joshua chapter 5. And then the sixth chapter, look what it begins with. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord says to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, its all its strong warriors, you and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around that town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one last a long blast on the ram's horns, have all of the people shout as loud as they can. And then those walls that were so impenetrable that were blocking your promise, they're going to fall and you're going to charge right into that town. Moses you know, Joshua, he's down on his feet and he's worshiping, realizing, oh, this is holy ground. I'm in the presence of God. Oh, this is amazing. And that chapter, fifth chapter comes to an end. But it does not, that God did not show up that day just to say, hey, Joshua, how's it going, man? I just wanted to say hi. I just wanted to say hi to my buddy, my friend, my pal, Joshua. No doubt that they were pals and buddies and friends and, and that he was a friend of God. No doubt the Bible says Abraham was a friend of God. But he says, you know what, as soon as Joshua's there, the very next thing thing is, Joshua, get yourself up because I have a mission for you. You got you, there, There's a city that everyone's afraid of. They're afraid of you. You're afraid of them. But you know what? You just need to start walking because if you will just put yourself in obedience to me, I have a mission. And if you'll lead the people, I'll take you on this mission. And I'm going to take you straight to your promise. I have a purpose for your life. And you look at Revelation, how that begins. Revelation 1.9, I, John, I referenced this earlier, am your brother, your partner in suffering in God's kingdom. He's writing this to seven churches. He says, I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, uh, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Notice, though, as he shows up here, he was just going about his business, and suddenly, oh, Paul is on his way to Damascus, and suddenly God shows up in its holy ground. And, and, and Moses is just watching some, some sheep on the side of Mount Sinai, and suddenly, all of a sudden, God shows up, and it becomes holy ground. Joshua's just on his journey, and suddenly, God shows up, and Joshua falls to his feet. John is on the island of Patmos seemingly all by himself and, and he's just praying and worshiping and suddenly God shows up. I know right now you might just be like, man, it's Wednesday night. I just finished dinner and, and I got work tomorrow and I had a rough day today. But suddenly God just shows up in your home and you're in the presence of God and, and you're on holy ground. And we're almost done already here, but you're on holy ground because Jesus Christ has stepped into where you are right now. 
And that makes that place holy. And if you're willing to pause and stop and slip the shoes off and stop being productive and say, God, I need you to speak to me right now. John was, John was there and he was, it was, he was just worshiping. And notice, God doesn't start talking to John until John is first worshiping. He was in a time of worship. If you want God to speak to you but you're not a worshiper, you're going to keep hearing nothing. Because God only will speak to the people who are willing to stop, pause, and begin to worship him. If you're not comfortable worshiping, if you're not comfortable stopping right there in your living room, your bedroom, wherever you are and saying, Jesus, you are worthy of praise. God, I exalt you. Lord, you are powerful. There is none like you. And if what this preacher is saying is true, then I know that you just stepped right into my living room. You're in, I'm in your presence and you're in mine, God. And I know that you're here right now. And so, God, I worship you. I love you. I thank you for making this moment possible. If you're not willing to do that, then fine God is not going to speak but John he's a worshiper and God starts speaking to him and God doesn't just show up for John's comfort he does not just show up and say hey John just wanted to befriend you because you're all alone and on the island and, and so I just want to say hey how's it going I just wanted to give you the latest scores from ESPN no no he doesn't do that he doesn't show up on the island of Patmos to do that he, he shows up and, he, and sure John was his friend sure God wants a relationship with us but as soon as Jesus Jesus shows up there and he starts speaking to John. Immediately he says, John, I got a mission for you. I'm going to give you a vision. You need to write these things down for these seven churches. God has stepped in to where you are right now. And I know that's going to be all different places. Some people are driving, traveling, with family, in, in, in a kitchen, in your house, outside, wherever it is. But if you're willing to stop right now and you're willing to just say, I am in the presence of God. I am on holy ground. I'm willing to begin to worship you. I'm telling you right now, God wants to clarify your call. He doesn't want us. He didn't stop in your house just to say, hey, just to say, hello, how's it going? I'm Jesus. Just wanted you to know I was here. That Jesus has stopped stepped into your location, and it's making it holy ground. For Moses, it was leadership. It, for, for Joshua, it was a calling to a place of promise. For Paul, it was reaching an entire population who had been previously ignored, such as the Gentiles. For John, it was a vision of writings and things that he needed to write to seven churches. And so he didn't just show up. He said, I have a mission, and you are going to change the world. The whole scope, the landscape of, of, of Christianity. Could you imagine what we would be even today without Moses, Joshua, Paul, and John? But these were four men that God stepped in and suddenly, right where they were, just on a normal journey, watching sheep on his way to Damascus, just traveling, and God shows up. And all of a sudden, the whole course of history changes. God did not show up for any of those men. Hear me right now, and I'm almost done. He did not show up for any of those men in a church service, in a corporate gathering. He showed up at a time where they were all alone, just living everyday life. And all of a sudden... There was a burning bush. All of a sudden, there was a man with a sword in front of him. All of a sudden, a light shines from heaven. All of a sudden, God shows up when you're by yourself on the middle of an island. Right now, you might say, I feel so all alone. I feel so confused. I feel like I'm off by myself. I feel like I'm not connected to anybody. That is, I'm telling you, God wants to show up right now where you are. And not just to say hi, not just to remind you you're not alone. 
But he's trying to tell you, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. I'm getting ready to call you to change the course of history right now. And if you're willing to stop and to hear that, I believe that God is going to begin to clarify a call. He's calling you, he's calling you to do more and be more than just a faithful tither, a faithful church attender. He's calling for you. If, if the only time that we're proclaiming the gospel in worship and, and, and with boldness is when we're, we're, when we're in a church facility, we're missing. It. We need to be showing our kids we worship in the living room. We worship on the deck. We worship when we're in our car. We, we, we raise our voice. If pastor says, hey, let's raise our voice together. Why is there a hesitation? Why is there a pause there? Why are some of us going, well, what? right now? Like, why? We, we, of course I'm going to raise my voice. I worship God wherever I am. It's not just on a Sunday. And so our kids start to be raised in that atmosphere where they begin to worship and they begin to raise their voice. And when we're willing to pause and, and set the shoes aside, stop being productive. And even though Paul was on a journey, even though Joshua was on a journey, even though Moses was on a journey, when God shows up, we say, hold it. It all stops. I slide the shoes off. I stop being productive because God, what you you have to say right now is more important than anything else. It's more important than where I came from. It's more important than where I am now. And it's more important than what I got planned in the future. And so right now, I'm just saying, if, if you're willing to stop and you're willing to raise your voice and worship like hopefully we've already done, I believe that right now, God, as we begin to, to close this out in prayer, that God's going to begin to speak to you about some things that he's been laying on your heart about what he wants to see you do and what he wants to see you accomplish and, and, and visions and dreams that he's given you and, and he wants to begin to, to take your life and to further his kingdom through your life because that's why he showed up to these men not just to say hi he was saying I am here to let you know I'm supernatural and I'm calling you to go and be something and do something for me and I believe that tonight God has shown up in some homes to do just that at a time where you're all alone. You're saying, well, I don't need, I, I was just suddenly, and all of a sudden, he just showed up. Yes, the place you're standing is holy ground. Right now, as we wrap this up, just begin to, to raise your hands. Begin to worship him. And I believe God's going to begin to speak right there in your home. Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for every man, for every woman, for every child, Father, that who is listening to this. Hopefully, they didn't just turn it on a screen, but they tuned in, Lord Jesus. Too often, I believe that you show up and we're in a place where there is holy ground. We're in your presence, but we're, but we're thinking about what we, what we came from. We're thinking about what we got going on now. We're thinking about what we got going on in the future. Our phones are in our hand. Our calendars are out, Lord Jesus, and we're missing the fact that a burning bush is burning right in front of us, and you're saying, take your shoes off. Stay a while. I got a calling for you. I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for your family. I have a plan for your marriage. I have a plan for your ministry. In Jesus, I pray that there would be a prophetic word that would begin to come in homes right now that are across our country, across even the world, whoever's watching this right now, that you begin to clarify some calls, Lord God, that you begin to let people know that they're not alone and they're not just doing it for their own goodness, Lord, but that you're saying, you know what, I have a purpose for your life. There's something I want to accomplish. And just because that you were traveling on this journey, thinking you're by yourself, God showed up tonight to let you know that he has not changed his plan for you. He has not changed the will that he has for your life. 
Oh, I, I pray right now, if you would just continue to just raise your hands, lift your voice right now in your homes. I just believe that God, he wants to do something. He wants to speak something. If you'll respond, if you'll pause, we're getting ready to get off here, and we're going to hit pause, and then there's going to be silence in your home. Maybe it's time to, to, to pull something up on the phone or YouTube and, and begin to play some music, if you still listen to MB3, CD, whatever it is, and begin to maybe just have a time of worship to have your own altar call. It doesn't have to stop when we stop this right now and all of a sudden my voice stops and your screen goes black and maybe right now there's somebody in your house that you just begin to get that music ready that you, the, the prayers don't have to stop just because this this stream stops you maybe you're just going to have a, a, a prayer meeting with your family right there at the couch or the kitchen table and God's going to begin to all of a sudden teach your children what the spiritual gifts are maybe there's going to be a tongues a, a gift of tongues interpretation of tongues maybe a prophetic word a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge is going to go forth right there in your home. It doesn't have to be in a church. If God's there, that place is holy ground. Come on, just begin to respond to him right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.